1: This podcast is an extended version of The Debaters, which may contain more mature themes. To stream the radio-friendly version of this episode, download the CBC Listen app or go to cbc.ca slash the debaters. And thanks for listening to the CBC.
2: Hey, Canada, we won't get ghouled again. From the Glenn Gould Studio in downtown Toronto, it's The Debaters!
3: Debaters, where comedians fight with facts and funny, and this audience picks the winner. Now here's a man from the who's who of comedy,
4: Steve Patterson! Hey! Thank you, Jim! Hello, Canada, and welcome back to The Debaters. We're here in beautiful Toronto. Yeah. It's a city with many attractions, of course, including the Toronto Zoo. But I noticed that the zoo's Canadian domain section was closed for the season this winter. Look. (laughs) I'm not a zoologist. But if there is one section of a zoo that should never be closed for the winter in Canada, it's the Canadian domain section. Sublet a moose from the north for a few months. Or put a damned beaver in there. Or a beaver dam. I don't care if it's just a Canadian guy in a polar bear suit chewing on a hockey stick. You can't close the Canadian section of the zoo just because the weather gets a little nippy and still have the giraffes walking around. Going, dude, the snow hits our heads first. Now, are you ready to meet two debaters here to take the comedy to the next level? Let's do it! When this comic goes hunting for tadpoles, he keeps all his net proceeds. It's the host of CBC's Laugh Out Loud, Ali Hassan! Ali Hassan! There he is. Oh, he's brought snacks. (laughs) he gets a little peckish. Wow, snacks. Murmur, murmur. And this comic joined the public library because he felt the idea was long overdue. It's Run the Burbs creator and star, Andrew Fung! Andrew Fung, everybody! Look at this! Look for the ages! Andrew, striding purposefully in his bright orange sneakers. The party tonight! Let's do it! This is starting off like a CBC fever dream, isn't it? Your topic is one that will have you all salivating... Samosas! Are they superior to the spring roll? (laughs) Samosas versus spring rolls. This is a clash of two foodie titans who are perfect ambassadors of their culture's cuisine. Andrew wrote an entire episode of Run the Burbs, inspired by his mom's spring rolls. I love my mom. Uh, Ali, great chef, and comes from a long line of samosa aficionados. I love my (laughs) (laughs) great-grandpa. And has brought some tonight. There are two of them. We're going to auction them off later. Good for you guys. Glad you came up in in adventurous food homes. I grew up Irish, so every meal was potato-based and mashed. And if we didn't finish, we were sent to bed with no dessert, which was okay with me because dessert was frozen hash browns. (laughs) Now for a debate that we hope won't sputter to a halt. So, whereas nothing satisfies like a stuffed and spicy samosa, be it resolved, the samosa is superior to the spring roll. Ali, you are arguing for this, please. You have two minutes, starting now. Ali Hassan.
0: My father was a college teacher in Montreal. At every potluck dinner that college held, he would arrive with a cardboard box of samosas. And he was greeted like a hero. (laughs) He was even given a nickname. Well, I mean, he was a brown man in Quebec in the 80s. He was probably given a few nicknames, but (laughs) this was a beloved nickname, and I can still hear them chanting it. Samosa man! Samosa man! (laughs) Following in my father's footsteps, I became mini samosa man. Uh, I wasn't mini. The samosas were a bit smaller. Anyway, look, (laughs) samosas have an excellent pedigree. They were originally made for nobles and princes. Samosas are mobile. You can put a warm samosa in your jacket pocket on a cold day. Spring roll? No, it's like putting a cigarette in your pocket, bent and broken in minutes. (laughs) Samosas are triangles. Think of all your favorite triangles. The greatest musical instrument of all time, the triangle, huh? An instrument accessible to all, just like the samosa. The Bermuda Triangle, dangerous, just like the samosa, (laughs) because of all the deep frying. But uh, we're not focusing on that today, because then the whole debate falls apart. Um, The Egyptian pyramids, a marvel, a mystery. How was it made? Who knows? just like the samosa. (laughs) Now, think of the roll. Uh, Rolls remind me of logs and licked hashish joints, and and rolling around on the ground when I've eaten too much. You can keep your rolls, Andrew. My plate is full of samosas.
4: (laughs) Ali Hassan, (laughs) little samosa man. Thank you, Ali Hassan. Now. Here to celebrate spring rolls and knock the stuffing out of Ali's argument, it's Andrew Fung!
2: Thank you, thank you. Look, I'm sorry, everyone, but I'm a bit sad. It just feels like our lives get more and more complicated. But there's hope, because in a world that tries to overcomplicate things, The spring roll is one of the last sanctities of simplicity. A paper-thin wrapper, so exquisitely delicate that it'll shatter at the lightest touch. Laid flat, filled with pork, shrimp, vegetables, wrapped tightly like your first-born child, swaddled before bed, (laughs) then deep-fried. The spring roll, not the child until the outer layer is perfectly brown and crisp, ready to be consumed when your heart desires, now, later, whenever it's yours to eat. (laughs) Let's all acknowledge the truth, and that is the samosa is too complicated because the spring roll is wrapped in a straight line, moving in one direction with a clear beginning, middle, and end of deliciousness. (laughs) Whereas the samosa, a triangle trying to be fancy and unique, but creating a subpar eating experience filled with so many questions and concerns. (laughs) Where do I start? What direction do I go once I take a bite? Oh, no, the feeling is falling out. What do I do? Screw it. I'll stick it in my mouth. Oh, no, why did I do that? (laughs) The samosa is the Bermuda Triangle of food. (laughs) It sounds kind of exciting, but you should definitely avoid it. (laughs) Whereas the spring roll is a safe, straight, open road. Destination, culinary perfection. Thank you. Andrew Fung, ladies and gentlemen, with...
4: An opening argument that I could only describe as seductive. (laughs) All right. We got ourselves a debate. It is time now for the Bare Knuckle Round. We're debating whether samosas beat spring rolls, so let's go from deep fryer into the fire in a fight worthy of rice (laughs) pay-per-view. It's time to go potato to toe and slam the door chutney until your opponent rests in peace. (laughs) Or do you not care at all? (laughs) So let's just get this thing
2: spring rolling! my mom would cater my kids birthday parties with her spring rolls and it became the only time parents wanted to be invited to a five-year-old's birthday okay that's how good her spring rolls were with all due respect
0: how many of those were white parents andrew it was calgary yeah yeah, yeah. brown people weren't there yet and then they moved in with their samosas and then the guest (laughs) list dwindled i'm sure listen uh you know you said samosas are complicated buddy spring rolls are basic uh i have a circular mouth let me put this round log into my open circular mouth
2: hole come on right? <laughs> ali that is an offensively bad asian accent what no, are you doing are really ali That is that that was a, that was not an
0: asian accent that was a dumb person accent. wait asians are dumb what no, are you no, saying stop, stop trying ali. to cancel me i have a role on your show if i get cancelled you have to do a lot of rewrites
2: Ali, look, look. I know spring rolls, okay? I've only had two careers, acting and helping my mom make spring rolls as a child. One of them paid me $5 an hour. The other one taught me how to make spring rolls, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the Bare knock around, everybody. All right, guys. We're doing well here. We're doing well. Quote,
4: quote. It is time now for the firing line in my hand. I have a list of questions on samosas versus spring rolls, brought to you by Diet Dipping Sauces and Chutneys. Diet Dipping Sauces and Chutneys, because everyone loves a good skinny dip. (laughs) One of the world's biggest sellers of samosas is actually based in Canada. Who are they? Andrew. Chuck E. Cheese. (laughs) (laughs) Really expanded that menu, really. (laughs) Oh, I don't think I'd buy a salsa so, check tea.
0: Ali, who's on? Uh, the McGill Indo Canadian Students Association. We, uh, <laughs>
4: our, our bake sales were legendary. I mean, we should have been there. <laughs> it's from Aliyah's Foods in Edmonton, Alberta. Oh, that's nice. nice. <laughs> Spring rolls are widely believed to have originated in China to commemorate the first day of what? Ali. Stinginess. <laughs>
2: Day. Big holiday. Uh, big holiday. Stintiness.
4: It's not A lot of holidays
2: year-round, okay? <laughs> Andrew Fung? WrestleMania. Chinese people love John Cena. <laughs>
4: not what I have here, but I'm not going to doubt it. Uh, they kept, spring rolls are widely believed to have originated to commemorate the first day of spring.
5: Oh. Right?
4: That's a spring and that. a spring roll. In Western countries, Vietnamese spring rolls are often called by what incorrect name? Ali? Pho. <laughs> Banh uh, mi.
0: <laughs> Banh siu. No, I don't know. I'm just going to keep naming my
4: favorite Vietnamese foods. Oh. I, don't, I don't know the answer to that question. Okay. Well, thanks for ringing in. Minus
2: three. <laughs> Andrew. Fried Asian meat wrap, which was also my nickname in high school. <laughs> All right, we'll give a point for that.
4: The actual answer is egg rolls. They keep calling them egg rolls. They're not egg rolls. That's the firing line, everybody. It is just about that magical time when our Glenn Gould Studio Theatre audience votes. But first, here again to spring into action about the crucial role of the spring roll, once again, it's Andrew Fung.
2: Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Invented in 265 AD, the spring roll is possibly the most imitated food item of all time. The crepe, a sweet spring roll. The burrito, a Mexican spring roll. (laughs) The wrap, a sandwich spring roll. All great, but better than a spring roll? (laughs) I think not. The samosa's peers include empanadas and calzones, Between the three, is the samosa even your top choice? Because if this was a boy band, the samosa is not the star. It's a very good member. It's the Joey Fatone, (laughs) Lance Bass, Chris Kirkpatrick. But the spring roll? Well, the spring roll is Justin Timberlake. It's the star, and the rest of the foods can go bye, bye, bye.
4: has brought the boy bands into this. Thank you, Andrew. Now, with a samosa shout-out that's right in the pocket, let's hear again from Ali Hassan.
0: The spring roll is cylindrical, and it's shaped as such because it symbolizes wealth and represents gold bars. Sure, who among us hasn't cracked open their gold bar to reveal a singular bean sprout and a sliver of carrot inside it? There's no gold in them, their bars. A samosa requires filling. It demands it. I've never been greeted by an empty triangular pouch of dough. And on that note of generosity, I've got some news to share, Toronto. uh, At the end of the evening, we're going to have samosas available for free in the lobby. Huh? 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 Okay, we're not actually doing that. I, uh... But I just, I want you to remember that feeling you had just now when you thought you were going to get some. Wasn't that amazing? Remember that when it's time to vote.
2: It's <laughs> too risky.
4: Is that it? That's it. This is <laughs> no time. Yeah, that is. <laughs> That's Ali Hassan, everybody. Whoa! What a roller coaster of emotions that was, Ali. <laughs> Promised them something and then immediately took it away. Okay. It is time. It is time for the audience to vote by applause. Who sided with Ali's spicy samosa speak, Ali Hassan? Yeah! There's the two. He's going to give away two. He's got two. And who liked the way that Andrew's sweet spring roll remarks spring rolled right out of his mouth? Andrew Fung. All right. The crowd has spoken. The winner.
1: You're listening to The Debaters on CBC Radio 1. Want to be a part of the debating action? For upcoming tour dates, visit cbc.ca slash the debaters.
5: Hello, I'm Jess Milton. For 15 years, I produced The Vinyl Café with the late, great Stuart McLean. Every week, more than 2 million people tuned in to hear funny, fictional, feel-good stories about Dave and his family. We're excited to welcome you back to the warm and welcoming world of the Vinyl Cafe with our new podcast, Backstage at the Vinyl Cafe. Each week, we'll share two hilarious stories by Stuart, and for the first time ever, I'll tell you what it was like behind the scenes. Subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Hey Toronto, are you ready to meet your next pair of debaters? This comic once fell into a sidewalk of wet cement and made a lasting impression. It's Alison Smith! Allison Smith! There she is, taking the stage and the podium to my left. And this comic's adventurous spirit is a mixture of gin, scotch, and vodka. It's Ron Sparks! Ron Sparks! One of our favorites. Alice's hand. You. Debaters, your topic is one that might be a teachable moment. Teachers, should they have the right to strike? <laughs> oh. We might as well talk about it since no one else seems to be.
5: <laughs>
4: In 2022, the Ontario provincial government passed legislation banning education workers from striking, and it's been speculated that it could happen to teachers next. But what I wonder is, why is no one talking about the people who make picket signs? <laughs> what if they went on strike? <laughs> then maybe no one else could strike. Because it would just be a bunch of people walking around holding up sticks, yelling different things. Because no one could remember what they were supposed to be yelling. <laughs> now, let's get ready for a debate that'll be a clever union of fact and funny. So. Whereas proponents of education strikes say they improve wages, classroom conditions, and our kids' learning, be it resolved that all teachers should have the right to strike. Allison, lucky you, you're arguing for this. You have two minutes, starting
5: now, Allison Smith. Before I was a comedian, I was an educator. So, I agree that teachers should be able to strike the children. (laughs) No, sorry, I mean strike on behalf of the educational benefits of the children. (laughs) The first recorded strike was in Egypt, 1152 BC, the tomb worker strikes. They worked 16-hour long days with no breaks to use the toilet or eat food, and were forced to buy their own tools just like teachers today. <laughs> Strikes aren't necessarily about a pay rise. It's about more support staff, smaller classroom sizes, a Tim Hortons in every lunchroom, and a minibar in every classroom. <laughs> yeah, hell, I'd teach again. <laughs> We've just come out of a pandemic where you were forced to teach your own children. How did that go? (laughs) And don't think that your job is safe. Oh, no, no, this isn't just about the teachers. This is about all workers' rights. Essentially, they want to take away our right to have rights. And as my teacher once taught me, two rights don't wrong a right make.
4: (laughs) Allison Smith, on behalf of teachers' rights, to strike Now here on why striking educators have no class as far as he's concerned Let's all wish good luck to Ron Sparks
3: Won't someone think of the children I believe the children are the future We need teachers to mold their fragile minds to face that future. Teachers care and sacrifice. Teachers make a huge impact. That's why we should take away their right to strike for fair wages. Okay, I I feel like I might have lost some of you there. But hear me out. Because my argument is this. I believe that teachers should be declared essential workers. They should be given livable wages and decent benefits without having to go on strike and lose income. And if you don't think they're essential, consider this. If police go on strike, we might find crime in our streets. If firefighters go on strike, we might find a building in flames. But if teachers go on strike, we will find our children in our own homes. 24 hours a day. Is that a world any of you want to live in? One where our children are with us? That's not why I pay taxes. (laughs) Won't someone think of the parents? Thank you, Steve.
4: (laughs) Ryan Sparks. With an interesting angle on why teachers (laughs) shouldn't be allowed to strike. Pretty good debate so far. It is time now... For the bare knuckle round, we're debating if teachers have the right to strike, so draw a picket line in the sand, and we'll see which debater is left notwithstanding. (laughs) That was good. You're groaning, you're groaning because it was good. If the audience reaction is not what you collectively bargained for, please don't walk out arbitrarily. Get ready to strike
5: first, now. Ron, you open your argument with, I believe the children are our future. And what is the second line of that classic Whitney Houston song? Oh, that's right. It's, teach them well and let them lead the way. And to teach them well, should we not consider the needs of the teachers?
3: That's a good point. But uh, Whitney Houston also starred in The Bodyguard. So should we really be listening to her? How much more money can teachers need anyway? Because they already have something far better. Every summer off.
4: Uh-oh, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Allison, you want
5: the last one? Yeah, year? now
3: I'm winning them over. Uh,
5: I knew you were gonna bring up this, yeah. They get the summers off, because they need it. You try teaching your little darlings all year round. Uh. Well, that's a good point, I guess. <laughs>
4: now for of the firing line. In my hand I have a list of questions on teacher strikes, brought to you by the Canadian Hairdressers Union. We're on strike for better working conditioners.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
4: the first teacher strike in Canada occurred in Victoria, BC in 1919. The teachers were upset that their Vancouver counterparts received better what? <phone rings> Allison. Better children. <laughs> Audience has given you two points. Ron Sparks.
3: I'm going to go out on a limb here, Steve, and just guess that it's the same thing literally every other strike has been about. Better pay?
4: Correct answer, Ron Sparks. (laughs) One point. A person who decides to work during a strike is referred to by what derogatory term? Ron? Oh, it's a a blister. so close, buddy. Boil. No. No, you're moving away from it now. No. Putrescent well? No. No. Festering sore? Oh for, for 3. You're right around it. I feel like. Carbuncle. No. no. It's a skin tag. You're 0 for 4. I o feel like four. I'm circling it. It's so close. It's so close. You're right
5: around it, but we're going to let Allison have a, have a chance here. Allison? Bowling alley employee okay. working during a okay. strike.
4: Yeah, no, we've uh, there it is. Yes. There it is. That was good. Actual answer uh, is of course a scab, a person who decides to work during. I knew it. Uh, I was
3: on the tip of my tongue. You were
4: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, everyone, let that sink in. <laughs> Typically, teachers can strike because they are not considered essential workers. According to the government of Canada, what makes someone an essential worker? Ron. Judging by my experience
3: when I went to renew my driver's license yesterday, Steve, to work for the government, it is essential that you be just a terrible, horrible person.
4: <laughs> that's, not, that's not what I have here. Alison Smith?
5: Yes. Uh, What makes someone an essential worker? The willingness to get her done. Yeah, everyone. Go to Timmy's. Get around and then get her done, everyone. Get her done. Get her done.
4: (laughs) Uh, According to the Government of Canada, if if a person provides a service necessary for the safety or security of the public, they are an essential worker. Uh, uh. (laughs) That's the firing line, everybody. Well, almost time for the audience to vote here at the beautiful Glenn Gould studio. But first, when it comes to teachers' right to strike, here with an opposite school of thought is the one and only Ron Sparks.
3: Thank you, Steve. The real losers of any teacher's strike are the students. I know from personal experience. I went to York University. A school that's on strike 83% of the time. (laughs) True, some kids do fine without an education. I know a guy who dropped out of Humber College after like a month, and you know what he does now? He's the current premier of Ontario. (laughs) Teachers can't afford to strike. How are they supposed to make enough protest signs when they face such strict Xerox copy limits at work? (laughs) But as essential workers, teachers can still apply work to rule pressure. It might affect kids' extracurricular activities, but won't damage their long-term educations. Maybe the chess club has to meet in some alley after school, but they'll still learn the three Rs, reading, writing, and running from other drug dealers (laughs) who don't want nerds on their turf. Thank you.
4: Thank you, Ron. Nice shout out to York University. (laughs) Now, not here to belabor the point, but rather to strike back while the irony's hot, let's hear again from Allison Smith.
5: They say, if you do a job you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Teachers work every single day of their life. And with the current state of the educational system, they will continue to work every single day of their life. I mean, we all remember that teacher who was tired, burnt out, and miserable. In my school, it was me. All I'm saying, is that if you don't let teachers strike, it's your own time you're wasting.
4: Allison Smith on why teachers should have the right to strike. Ron is against, and it is now time to vote by applause. Who agreed with Ron's belief that when it comes to the game that teachers' unions are playing, it's one strike and you're out? Ron Sparks! <laughs> And we thought that Allison did her homework and is voting in support of teachers' right to strike, Allison Smith. Well, this is why you do the debate. Sometimes surprises happen. The winner is Ron Sparks. This crowd says teachers should not have the right to strike. Big answer, Ron Sparks and Allison Smith, everybody. Well, that's all for this week. I'm Steve Patterson saying thank you to our audience for never striking out on us. I'll argue with you again soon, Canada. Good night.
1: The Debaters is created by Richard Side. This week's episode was produced by Josh Bailey, Graham Clark, Chloe Edbrook Nicole Callender and Tracy Rideout With continuity by Graham Clark, Diana Francis and Gary Jones Technical production by James Perella and Chris Sampson Story editing by Gary Jones With special thanks to Katie Ellen Humphreys and David Pride Executive producer of CBC Radio Comedy is Lee Pitts and thanks to everyone at the Glen Gould Studio in Toronto.
0: For more CBC podcasts, go to cbc.ca/podcasts.